to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. This week's message comes from John McLaughlin, Associate Pastor at Encounter. Here's John's message. here today. It's good to see you guys. I, I believe God's got a word for you today. He's got a word of encouragement. Yeah, he's got a word of encouragement. You know, this life's not easy. It's not easy to be a Christian. You know, we, we live in some pretty hard times and strange times and, you know, may, maybe today uh, you find yourself battling fear. I've been there. Maybe you're battling anxiety. I've been there. But you know what? I've got a simple title today. Keep on going. God says keep on going. Keep on going and, and keep on trusting God. You know, I, I remember, and I, I need to go ahead and pray or I'll just keep right on going. <laughs> Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to share the word. I, I thank you for the trust that Pastors Mike and Gail Beth Rice have placed in me, Lord. I, I, I thank you for the honor to stand behind your holy desk, Lord. It's, a, it's an honor that I don't take lightly. And I, I, I thank you, Lord, for the honor to share the word of God with such an awesome group of people today. And Lord, I know who the preacher is. I know who the teacher is, Lord, and it's you. And so, Father, I just ask you to anoint me today and use me. Lord, let me be your Mr. Microphone today. That I could speak forth your words of, of encouragement and that somebody today would be lifted up. Somebody would be encouraged today. Somebody would be invigorated. Somebody would be ready to go forward today because of your word and father I just give you all the praise I give you all the glory I give you all the honor praise God I'm going to talk about not throwing away your confidence in God hanging on to your confidence you know I, I remember when pastor first came here this was before they even it even been voted in as the pastor and and he asked about you know all this here and you know, and, and who, who built it and everything. And I, I told him about the pastor that had been here for almost 30 years. And he said, has anybody inv ever invited him to come and, and speak? And I said, no. And he said, if I become pastor, I'm going to invite him to come and speak. And so he did. And Pastor Atkins hadn't been here for, I don't know, pastor was like four pastors after him. And I remember what he spoke on that day. The title of his message was, What Do You Do on the Worst Day of Your Life? He was talking about the death of his son. His son was the pastor of the Garrettsville Church of God. And, and it was almost Easter, and he'd bought a new suit, and he had the church all decorated. And, and it was Saturday night, the night before. And Mike sat down to watch an Indians game. And suddenly... He stood up, and it was, there was something wrong with him. And his wife said, do you want me to call an ambulance? And he said, well, just wait a few minutes. And just like that, he was gone. 
I, I'd say that that would qualify as somebody's worst day of their life. And pastor preached that, that he preached that day on what do you do? What do you do on a day like that? What do you do when your back is against the wall when the worst thing in the world that you could ever imagine has happened to you? And he said, you trust God. You keep on going. You just keep on believing. You keep on trusting. And I remember when he came, he went around and visited a lot of the seniors. And my aunt and uncle had been married probably over 60 years. And he asked my aunt Phyllis, he said, what's the secret to being married that long? And her answer was both simple and profound. She said, just don't leave. Just don't leave. You, you see, Uncle Edward was, a, was a, a bad alcoholic for years and years. And, but Aunt Phyllis hung in there. She didn't, she didn't give up, you know. But she hung in there with him. And eventually she got to see one of the greatest deliverances that I've ever seen that God completely set that man free and turned his life around because she kept on going she didn't cast away her confidence you know any, anybody here you ever felt like giving up I have you ever felt like just throwing in the towel I have but when you feel like that you just got to keep on going got to keep on trusting in the Lord. You know, I, I don't know how the people in the world do it. I don't, I don't know how they do it without God. But for, you know, for me, you just have to get in that word, man. You got to dig in that word. You got to get in there with God. You know, my mom told me a long ago, you're not going to go through this life without a battle. And the Lord, Lord gave me some scriptures last night. I thought, man, what, what's that got to do with what I'm talking about? And and the first one is 1 Peter 4 and 12. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. And then he says something funny, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad and exceeding joy. Rejoy. You know, a lot of times when we find ourselves in trouble, anybody here like trouble? Anybody here like tribulation? That was the joke for years. Don't pray for patience because patience, you know, you know, tribulation worketh patience. So people thought, well, if I don't pray for, if I don't pray for patience, I won't have any tribulation. But Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Remember what? Remember that. That's key. In him is where your peace is. So don't throw that away. Don't throw that away. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. You know, so don't think it's strange the fiery trials that are going to try you. You know, right away when... when, when Problems come and trials come and sickness comes. We either start rebuking the devil or we think we did something wrong. God, what did I do? 
I must have been bad. But that's just how it is. I mean, you've got an enemy that comes to steal and kill and destroy. That's where it's at. And so don't think it's strange when things come against you. You know, don't always blame the devil because sometimes God allows things to come your way. You look at the early church. You know, Jesus said, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, they kind of got hung up there around Jerusalem. And so he just allowed some persecution to come in, and they spread out and started preaching the word all over the place. So sometimes the things that you go through are for your good. You know, the, the Bible says that all the things work together for good to them that love God and them that are called according to his purpose. So don't think it's strange, sometimes that it's strange that you're going through what you're going through. But what you need to, you got a choice when, when things come. You can either have a pity party or you can rejoice in God. I mean, I, I look at Job when he lost everything he, he had and he went to his wife for some advice and she said, curse God and die. Job ripped his clothes, he fell down on the ground and he began to worship God. Begin to give him glory. Paul says in Philippians 4 and 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. That means good times, bad times. He said rejoice in the Lord always. And, then, and again I say rejoice. And I, I love that fourth chapter of Philippians because you'd swear that Paul's on the Mediterranean at some spa in a hot tub. You know? He said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And, and Paul goes on and he's worshiping and praising God, but Paul's in jail. Paul's chained to a guard. But you wouldn't know it because, you know, Paul's rejoicing. He's rejoicing. Oh, hallelujah. I love it when him and, him and Silas are in jail. You know, their backs have been beaten bloody, their, 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 their feet are in stocks. But you'd never know it. At midnight, the Bible said they begin to pray and sing psalms to God. They begin to give glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Me and you. He didn't say give thanks for everything but he said give thanks in everything so God says keep on going whatever you're facing today maybe it's the worst thing you've ever faced in your life but I can guarantee you two things it did number one it didn't take God by surprise and it's not bigger than your God it's not bigger than you God you know Paul Paul told Timothy he's talking to Timothy a young pastor who's battling fear. And people are questioning his leadership, questioning his age. And Paul says this in 2 Timothy 3 and 12, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You're going to suffer persecution. But he's telling Timothy, hang in there. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter and the 35th, in 36 verse, the Bible tells us this, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, 
so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Praise God. Don't cast away your confidence today, but continue to go forward with God. Continue to believe Him. Be like old David when he lived in this town called Ziglag. And the Bible says while David was out raiding and doing things, they burnt Ziglag down to the ground. They, they took all the stuff, they took all the women, they took all the children, everything. And when he came, they came back, they were so distraught that they cried until they couldn't cry anymore. And the Bible said they were so disturbed over it that they were going to stone David to death. But the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's the difference. That's, that's where it's at. Encourage yourself in God. Encourage yourself in God. It'll give you the strength to go forward. It'll, it'll give you the strength to keep on going. But don't, don't cast away your confidence. The Bible says, for you have need of endurance. You see, you believe it, then you receive it. You run the race, then you get the prize. You know, and it, you know Pastor, he had his story about track and all that, and, and how he, he thought he was going to get out on the track, and he was just going to go, and he, he started out. I did the same thing he did. I started running. I said, hey, this is easy. And I got way out in front of everybody. And then somebody turned the vacuum cleaner on. They started sucking all the, all the air out. But, yeah, I mean, you, you, you thought you could really do it, you know. But they started sucking all the air out, and I ended up, I, I thought I was going to die by the time I got done. But you see, you've got to endure. You've got to keep on going when you don't want to keep on going. You've got to keep on going when your back's against the wall. The word endurance means the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain prolonged, stressful effort or activity. A marathon. That's our Christian walk. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so, you know, it, it's like the guy that's counting the cost. You, you've got to know that you're going to be in this for a while. And so you've got to make up your mind before you even start that no matter what comes your way, no, no matter what you see, you're not going to stop. You're going to go forward. And the, the thing that gives us the ability to endure and to withstand hardships is our confidence in God. I like what Paul said in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He said, Brother, and I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus, just like a runner. When they get to that finish line, man, they stretch their chest out to break that tape. And that, that's the way it is. Paul said, I'm, I'm continuing to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. The Bible said they laid 39 stripes on his back five times, but Paul kept pressing. The Bible says they, he was beaten three times with wooden rods, but Paul kept pressing. At Lystra, they stoned him, and Paul got up and walked back into town. He kept pressing. 
You see, Paul didn't have a kill switch. You know, that, I think that's why they hated him so much he would never quit. He was, he was like the Holy Ghost energizer bunny, you know. He wouldn't quit. He was the poster child for endurance. He was. He didn't know what it meant to cast away his confidence. I, I, I love when he's talking to, he's talking to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, and he said, For which cause I suffer these things, nevertheless I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul didn't know what it meant to quit. He was shipwrecked three times. He, he spent a day and a half floating in the open ocean, but Paul kept pressing. Paul kept pressing. One time when he was shipwrecked, they made it to the island after two weeks in a storm. They hadn't seen the light of day in two weeks. They had to, they had to smash the boat up on the rocks and the sand to, just to try to, and threw out four anchors just to try to hold it. And in the morning, they had to float on boards to get to shore. When they got to shore, it was raining. You know, it kind of made me think of that old hee-haw song. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Oh. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Think about it. You've been in a rainstorm for two weeks. When you get on shore, it's raining. And it was cold. And the islanders, they, they built them a fire. And Paul, he wanted to help with the fire, so he went and got some sticks. And man, if a, a, a poisonous viper didn't bite him, you know. But Paul kept on pressing, shook it off in the fire, and the Bible said he just kept on going. And while they stood there waiting for him to die, Paul knew he was all right because he had something on his side that they didn't have. He had God. Oh, Hallelujah. He wrote four epistles from a, from a jail cell, chained to a guard. And finally they figured out, we'll know what to do to shut him up. We'll cut his head off. And they did. But today he's still speaking to us through the word of God. And what happened, Paul just kept, kept on going forward, right into the glory. Oh, hallelujah. You see, Paul understood that winners never quit. And quitters never win. And it's true in life. It's true in the kingdom of God. Those that refuse to quit win. You know, when you look at Israel, I mean, some of them, they didn't make it into the, into the promised land because of their disobedience or, or whatever it was. But most of them didn't make it in because they quit. They got right to the border of Canaan land. They sent out the spies. God told them, this is what you're going to see. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And when they come back, the first words out of their mouth is, it's just like God said it was. That should have been proof enough that God knew what he was doing. But then they said, but there's giants. And the cities are walled. And, all and they began to complain. And they went in their tents and they cried. And they refused to go in. They cast away their confidence in God. 
And what was their reward? They got to walk, got to walk around in the desert for 40 years till their carcasses hit the ground. Because you see, winners never quit. And quitters never win. Oh, hallelujah. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race run all? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain. Run with confidence. Run with conviction. Run with that finish line in your eye. And don't stop. And like I said before, you know, Paul was, you know, I thought about Lexus. I think Lexus's thing is the best or nothing. That was Paul. Paul was all or nothing. He was all or nothing. He didn't know how to quit. He didn't know how to give up. And like I said, they finally had to chop his head off to get him. They thought they shut him up, but they didn't shut him up. And he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and 3, he said, You must endure hardship as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul said about suffering? The way he looked at it, you looked at all the things that, that happened to him, not including all the times he went hungry, not all the times he was thirsty, the times the Jews were going to try to kill him, the times that the Gentiles were going to try to kill him, all the responsibility he had for all the churches that was on him. But Paul said, I reckoned it the I love that reckon bit. I come from West Virginia, so reckon's a good word. He said, I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed. Paul said, your best days are yet ahead. Man, there's something good, good ahead for you. I preached a sermon one time called Friday's Coming. I'll tell you what, there's a payday coming for the children of God. One day when we enter into glory, everything that... I think when we, you know, people say, when I get there, I'm going to ask God about this, or I'm going to ask God about that. I think it's going to be so wonderful. Who cares about this? And who cares about that? You know? But Paul said it's going to be worth it all one of these days. It's going to be worth it all. He said this suffering, it ain't even worth mentioning compared to what's coming. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And maintaining your, your confidence in God in spite of your circumstances, that's the key to victory. Don't cast away your confidence. Keep on going. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I like about old Forrest Gump? You guys like Forrest Gump? I, could st I just still remember that one place. Bubba Shrimp, this shrimp, that shrimp. And, you know? What I liked about Forrest, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. But he never quit. He just kept running and running and running. The one time he won the race, and he ran all the way out of the stadium and kept on running. He never quit. He never refused to quit through everything that he faced, you know. And he was right. Life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, so you might as well make up your mind to run. You might as well make up your mind to go forward. You might as well make up your mind to keep on going. Because on the other side, there's a reward.
You know, when Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side, it was because it was a done deal. He knew they were going to make it. And whatever Jesus has called you to do today, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. The headlines of your life today are already written in the history books. It's a done deal. You know why, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to go up on the mountain and I'm going to pray and I'm, I want you to get in the boat and go to the other side. So it was a done deal. So the Bible says later on, Jesus was walking just like he was going to walk past them. You know why? It was a done deal. It was a done deal. When he said go to the other side, that was it. All they had to do was keep on rowing. Just keep on rowing. Oh, hallelujah. So God sent me by today to tell you, you're going to make it, whatever you're facing. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the banker says. I don't care what Wall Street says. I don't care what the government says. God's in charge. God's in charge. And you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I, I thought this week of that old song, it says, Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. We used to sing that all the time. Don't give in. God's in control. God's in control. I, I like what the psalmist David said in, in Psalm 16 and 8. If I can remember what it was. But he, he said that God's always with me. Therefore I shall not be moved. Or not be shaken. Because he's right here beside of me. You know, it, 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 it would be nice that... Now I thought, Lord, it'd be nice to see you. Maybe it'd be nice to feel you all the time. And what about faith? What about faith? If you could hope that is seen is not hope, the Bible says. But he's right there beside you. You see, he said in, in Matthew 28 and 20, he said, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And in Hebrews 13 and 5, he said, he hath said, I will never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you go through, no matter how impossible it looks like, God's on your side. You need to get that. God's not mad at you today. He's not upset at you today. He loves you. He loves you. Oh, hallelujah. And he's not mad at you today. Philippians 1 and 6, I love this verse. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who hath begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, he will see you through, absolutely. Absolutely. He's in your boat today. But if you look at the disciples and you look at Jesus when he was sleeping on the pillow... Just because he's in your boat don't mean you're not going to have any storms. But the master of the sea is riding in your boat. The master of the waves is riding in your boat. So just keep on going. Just keep on going. God's going to get you there. If you'll just keep on going. Praise God. Praise God. That was John McMullen, Associate Pastor at Encounter, and this week's guest speaker. 
More messages from Pastor Rice and all of our guest speakers are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Ingram. His blood.